Hello, this is Jess and I'm here with Ben. This is the Running for the Crown podcast presented by Crown Running. We are two distance runners and two distance running coaches who love to talk all things running. In this episode, we're going to talk about training cycles and how to deal with the post-race blues after you've completed your goal race and how to set up goals for what's next and how that can benefit you. But first, we are excited to inform our listeners about a special opportunity to work with Inside Tracker to learn more about their physiological biomarkers and how to improve their performance. We are able to offer this through Roadrunners Club of America, and it's a partnership with Inside Tracker. And the code that you input is Lundell Pro 25. That's L U N D E L L. P-R-O-25, and that will give you 25% off their packages that they have. We'll be doing a, a longer podcast on Inside Tracker itself and how we have utilized it and the insights that we have gained from it. But first, we wanted to just give that to our listeners so that they can look over the website. It's insidetracker.com. And you can do blood, DNA, it's a fitness tracker. There's really a lot of new things that are coming about with that, but it's a special opportunity through the Roadrunners Club of America and its partnership with Inside Tracker. We would like to thank you, all of our listeners, for all of the feedback and support that we've gotten since we began this podcast. We started just because we really love just to talk about running and we talk about it a lot just between us and thought we should just record and see what happens and share our experience. And the response has been really overwhelming. Yeah, thank you for everybody for your comments and and for listening. We really enjoyed it. Yeah. And so we're bringing somebody on to help us with editing so that we can get more content, more podcasts out there to you faster because the editing process is really what is the most time consuming. Yeah. I'm excited for that. (laughs) And so this is our second season now that we're officially starting. And we started Crown Running a year ago, and that's pretty much from there. A couple months after that, we started Running for the Crown podcast. And we decided that this is the the new season. It's kind of a new training cycle for us. And so to kind of go along with that, we thought, hey, this is a great opportunity to kind of expand the this podcast and go from there. In the first season, we intentionally did not talk about ourselves. We just wanted to jump right into the content and get rolling with interviewing people and such. But now we feel that it is important that our listeners know who we are and where we come from. Ben and I come from different backgrounds, but we have a very similar view on running and the approach that we take with it. But we also like uh, differing opinions too. Um, It's not that we think that what we say is the only way to go. It's just what we have found. And definitely it's through trial and error a lot of times. And I can be the first to say I've made every mistake in the book. And it's through that, that it's, that I can really feel that I can guide runners. And it's kind of a different type of runner that, that I can guide. Um, It may not be, you know, elite runners, definitely that, that is my specialty. It's more probably newer runners, adult runners, just getting into it because that's my background. And and so, Jess, I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in running? Well, I have run really my whole life, beginning my sophomore year of high school. I was a soccer player before that and 
realized that the only reason I was decent at soccer was because I could run because once I got to a higher level, I did not have the foot skill that other players did. So, and I found that the conditioning part of practice was my favorite. So I think I was just in the wrong sport. So I shifted over to track and then ran cross country my first year that next season, my sophomore year. And I was not a standout. I got last in my first varsity race. It was just a dual meet with Waterloo. I ran at Hempstead High School in Dubuque, Iowa, and I was last in that first dual meet. And on the way home on the bus, I cried and said to myself, all right, I'm either not going to ever do this again, or I'm going to figure out how to get better. And I chose B, thank goodness, because it's changed my life. So then I guess just from there, I, I realized that if I just put in the work, there's nothing that really separates me besides a little genetic talent or whatever from the next person who's willing to put in the work. And so I have just worked really hard and I've learned a lot. And like Ben said, I've made every mistake that there is. But I think one of the benefits from having this podcast is we get to talk to other people who've had different experiences and we learn along the way as well. But I think that Just by sharing our experiences, we can really hopefully help you to maybe not make the same mistakes that we did. I ran in college at Wartburg College in Waverly, Iowa. And then after that, I've just really continued. I've run all of my PRs in the last year, really at the age of 41. And so I don't think that I'm going to stop anytime soon. I just still have passion for it. Well, I think that in talking with you, you gained a lot of running experience in college. Um, and you had great coaching and great teammates, but maybe what would you say is the difference now versus like, why are you setting more of your PRs now than when you were in college? Well, we were talking earlier today about how distance running is a sport where one year builds upon the next and one season is like one season isn't it, you know, like your seasons that you had years and years before are contributing to you and your success now. And so I really built a lot of mental toughness and laid a good foundation for my training, I guess, in college. But our team was so deep that I feel that I was just overtrained my whole college career. And I've learned to listen to my body a little bit better. And I've learned to take my easier days easier. And, and also I've, I think I've just gotten tougher. Like I've learned how to handle the uncomfortable sensations of hard work and and racing and maybe more than just embrace it, but really love it and thrive on it. And I think that's just something that comes over time with maturity. I mean, some people really have that, like maybe they're born with it, like that innate sense of being able to handle hard work. But I think, I don't know, I just had to grow into that, I guess. My past is a little bit different in that I did run when I was a kid. I started in junior high. It was nothing that was consistent. It was, you know, pick it up during the track season, kind of ran the mile there and definitely wasn't very good. But um, I would run run a few relays and did that for seventh and eighth grade, but my main sport was tennis. So I pretty much eventually stopped 
all other sports, you know, from golf and basketball to just focus on tennis year round. And then went to college, played tennis at Gustavus Adolphus College, D3 school um, that had a really good program, great coach, was able to fulfill my college career there. Afterwards, did a little bit of teaching and mainly the only running I did was just uh, cross training for tennis, you know, to kind of get ready for season. Um, I did a little bit of a training for a triathlon, but I was not that great on the bike and could not swim. So it was a great experience, but I ended up not doing that triathlon. It was the first day of practice. And so being a captain, I kind of talked with my dad and the coach and we decided, hey, I shouldn't do it. But I did get a lot of fitness from that. And I think it kind of set a little of the foundation for after um, my tennis career to kind of come back to it. But it kind of had a workaround through dental school where I stopped doing any sort of activity, unfortunately, and just focused mainly on my studies, trying to be the best dentist that I could. And that got me four years later, close to graduation and definitely overweight, out of shape, had a blood clot in dental school my freshman year. And so my leg would just feel like a, a brick um, when I'd go to do even running, run a block. So that kind of motivated me. I went out for my first run I remember it was 10 minute pace and I had to stop multiple times and just the frustration of doing that run uh, was also motivating at the same time and I went back and looked well what does it take to qualify for Boston and I mean I was so far off from from that but I had no idea I think part of that is luck that I just didn't know like how much it would take to do that but also was very determined to get better because of how hard it was so kind of this fall would mark about 10 years that I have been running. A lot of it was not very consistent. Did a couple of marathons with short builds and, you know, with the idea of I'm just going to get through this, run the best that I can, and then and then probably not run for a while, which is not the way that we recommend. So <laughs> it took me a little while to realize that. And, you know, probably over the last three or four years have definitely been a lot more consistent with it and have been kind of reaping the benefits from that. I think one important point to make just to feed off of what you just said about training for a marathon and then not running for a while is that I think when looking at the big picture of distance running, it's important to realize, like I said, that one season builds upon the next. And one of the most important things is consistency. And so a lot of you are probably done with your like a race, whether it was a marathon or cross country season or maybe a 5k or 10k block or whatever it was. And so now you're kind of maybe in this in between stage of like, what do I do next? Do I need to take a break or how long of a break? So Jess, how would you help somebody figure out whether to take time off or how much time to take off or whether to keep training? Yeah, I think that largely depends on what level you are at. Like elites will take two weeks off after a major marathon or after their season because they have been fully invested and all in for a long season with multiple cycles within that season. And they need a mental break, they need a physical break, and they need to recharge so that they can come back hungry for the next season. If you are in a place where you are balancing a lot in your life and you fit running in at a lower key level where you run like three days a week or whatever, and then the marathon was kind of, you know, the celebration of that and it didn't leave you terribly beat up, then you might not need that much of a break. You can kind of resume your normal 
schedule, you know, just paying attention to whatever sorenesses you might have, or if you have any lingering injuries, then you would for sure want to take a little bit more time just to get those cleared up so that you're not dealing with them into the next season. So I think it's very situational. A lot of times people experience what we would call like post-race blues, post-marathon blues, post-season blues, where you're in that spot where you're like, okay, I know I should probably take a break, but there's a little bit of a letdown after that race. It doesn't necessarily matter if you ran a PR or if you were disappointed with the outcome of your race. There's just that, like you've been built up to that one day or for a long time. And then when the day's done, you're kind of left feeling a little bit lost or something like that. And so I think one thing that we have talked about is that even before the race, before the big A or goal race, we will start talking about the next season already to kind of get excited about what's coming up ahead because we know that the break is important but we are also going to realize like running is a big part of our life. And so we will miss running during that break. And and that's part of the idea. Like you want to get yourself to the point where you're like, okay, I really want to go for a run because then it's like, then you're refreshed and you know that you're ready to go again. We talked about like, let's talk about what is going to be up ahead so that we realize that the break has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've felt that in the past, definitely early on. It's like you have this singular goal of running this race and a lot of your thoughts will focus around that. It's almost that when the race is done, your routine all of a sudden changes. And so you feel like something is is missing, like almost like a, a purpose for the day or for the weeks to come. Um, and I think runners are always, uh, and athletes in general, are always looking to improve. And so it's like that that goal of improving, you know, maybe is not there. Like you said, one good way to look at it is like, well, what's the purpose of the recovery of the time off? And that that can really help you through that. And also, like you said, one thing that's really helped me is starting to look at the next cycle. And so with our last race being Boston, we knew that we were going to be doing some cross-country races. We were going to do kind of a 10K cycle. And I started to get really excited about that, you know, trying to to run faster that way and, and changing the training up and Instead of doing a lot of long, long runs, you know, focusing on marathon pace, it's, you know, starting to do some more VO2 max workouts, thresholds, you know, some shorter, faster stuff to get some turnover. And that was started to get really excited for me. I was almost more excited to jump right back into training than I was to run the marathon. But once the race was done to know, hey, I have something to look forward to, goals ahead that I'm going to strive and shoot for. And, and so that's what we're doing now. We took the time off and now we're jumping in to that cycle and always having a goal out in the future to achieve. I think another thing to consider during your break is what is something that you put aside that you don't necessarily have the time for when you are training full-time or not full-time, but just when you are in a training cycle for a big race that you can take advantage of during your break, like extra time with your kids or your family, maybe like a house project or extra time to read or whatever it is that you love to do that you don't have as much time to do when you're training. So I think that variety in your life and just allowing those extra things or other things to you know, just become more of a priority during that break is also a healthy thing. I remember listening to a podcast with Molly Seidel about leading up to the Olympics and she's like, it's just another race. And, you know, we so often, at least for me earlier in my career, I would say like, this is 
whatever race it is, is the race. And I think that by having the perspective of this race is a race and then the next races will come and, you know, just having the bigger picture in mind where like, this is not the everything, like not, not everything is in, is riding on this race. I think it's maybe a little bit of a healthier perspective too. Yeah. And I, I think look at your weaknesses too. I mean, we always are looking at building up our strengths and some downtime or a new cycle is a way to look at, at weaknesses. And I think one of the most common things that I see and it happened to me is, you know, I was like, Hey, I, I don't do the fast stuff as well. I do the, the long and slow a lot better. And so I'm just going to keep doing marathons and that's how I'm going to get better at the marathon. And to a point, it helps you with your endurance. Um, your aerobic capacity, but you're limiting a lot of the um, different physiological systems. Yeah, absolutely. My college coach said that it, you can't expect to run fast for a long distance if you can't run fast for a short distance. And so it's important to have your big race, your big goal race be another marathon. But within that, it's important to cycle in shorter microcycles of training for a shorter shorter race, maybe a mile or a 5k or adding strides into your program and that sort of stuff so that you can get some spark back in your legs. Yeah. And with working with athletes, I think strides are the biggest thing that I've seen that maybe they're not doing that along with warming up, doing drills, dynamic stretching before they run. But the strides either during the run or at the end is something that they can really use to start incorporating speed. And maybe if they didn't do it towards the end of their cycle before their goal race, because they were worried about changing, you know, changing speed and, and a different... Don't want to get sore or... Or, injured or whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe the start of a new cycle is a time where they can slowly start to incorporate them. And maybe Jess, could you kind of go over what strides are? Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion about this. A stride is it's not an all out sprint, but it is faster running for a shorter amount of time. Maybe look at it as 15 to 20 seconds to begin. And then as you do them for a longer, you know, like you can lengthen out the the length of that stride, but you ease into the stride and you are focusing on your form. You're focusing on quick feet and turnover. And it's like, you're trying to visualize yourself as a sprinter, but you know, you're not going all out at a hundred percent. And then you stop and you regroup and you take a break and then you start again. And it's the same thing. You, you ease into it and you really focus on your form and being relaxed, being relaxed, driving your knees and quick feet, the, where you're landing. It's like you have this visualization of what it is that you want yourself to look like and you practice that. And it's easy to practice for 15 or 20 seconds and then get a break. And then those types of things become habit. It's training your neuromuscular system of how to do that. It makes you more efficient. And then it makes other workouts, other paces not feel as hard. It makes it feel more natural. Yeah. So you could do it the day before a workout is very common for us to do a day before a race, you know, a couple days before a race, even to get some leg speed, you can increase the length of them or the number of repetitions you can add hills to them and you can have them during your actual run as a way to increase that speed. The hill strides are a good point. If you find that you have a tendency to overstride, sometimes doing strides just exaggerates that. But if you do your strides on a hill, it will prevent that and you can work the same form without the tendency to overstride. 
Another thing that I noticed that distance runners and we are have been in the past guilty of this is that we neg- neglect our strength work, um, especially during a marathon build where your legs are tired and the last thing you want to do is go in the gym and make your legs more tired. But I think that that is a really, I don't know, missing link for for many runners. We feel that that is you know, maybe a key for us as well as so we've been really increasing that as we have transitioned to our next cycle. Absolutely. I was just going to ask you, what are you doing? Kind of how is this cycle different from the the last cycle? Like what are you doing that's different? And I know you just said yeah. um, the strength training, but can you elaborate on that a little the, bit? Yeah. The biggest thing has been just the consistency with strength. I've lifted off and on my Really, my entire life, I started doing it. I went to my first strength camp when I was in high school. And so I've understood the importance of strength work, but it's always been like, you know, I would rather just go run. And when you are limited in time, then as a runner, that's what you're going to choose to do. But I've really, especially as I've gotten older, I hate to say that, but it's true. But you need those tissues to be strong enough to handle the work that I'm asking them to do. And so I've just told myself just, you know, like after Boston, like if I expect my body to be able to handle the work that I really wanted you to get to the next level, I have to make sure that I'm strong enough to do it. I would encourage everybody to give that a try. Like do the hard work, like do your lift on your hard workout day so that that is a hard day and then you can recover fully the next couple of days. And I'd say the thing for me that I always struggled with was in lifting seemed to be taking away from my running. Like I would be sore. You know, I've heard, oh, you have to lift heavy. You know, the in the past, they used to say, well, it's more about lightweight, high repetitions. And, and maybe nowadays it's saying, okay, you have to lift heavier for a shorter number of reps. And so I always struggled with that because, you know, if I did that, I felt like I was getting a good lifting workout, but then I'd go to run and I'd be overly sore. And so I didn't like that feeling at all. So I asked DJ at Bruce Camp, he works with kind of uh, junior runners at Mount Sac, and he said what he has them do is, you know, start with bodyweight exercises. And I thought that was a great point. You know, you have to, you have to start somewhere and start where you're at and work up from there. So at the beginning of this build, I started with bodyweight, you know, squats, bodyweight lunches, bodyweight uh, RDLs, and we just really kind of worked up my tolerance from there. And then it just so happened that we got, you know, a squat rack with hex bar and, and barbells and plates. And so we've kind of been adding in more and more, but I'm still, I'm still only loading a very small amount, especially to a lot of other people. And I'm okay with that because it hasn't negatively impacted my running very much. It's going to make you sore a little bit, but that's the stimulus that you need. And it's definitely, I'm feeling a lot more strength within my running because of that. And I'm just really excited with the consistency that I've been going with it and very encouraged by that. Yeah, absolutely. It's really fun to feel strong and it's fun to feel durable. I feel like I have already felt, I mean, it's been like a month that I've been consistent. And when I say consistent, it's like twice a week, but it's a good, I do a good workout, you know, that twice a week. And it just, I feel already more durable from that. So we are super excited for our next training cycles and we would love to hear about yours. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, Jess and Ben at crownrunning.com is how you can get a hold of us. 
We have recently brought on a few new athletes and we are excited about helping them and their next season and seeing where the next cycle is going to take the current athletes that we have. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to stay up to date on the second season that we're super excited about. And remember to enjoy the journey and get running for your crown.